Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, so game two, you know, it just felt like the sequel to game one. The Mariners' bats come out. Uh, they don't strike out much in this game. You get multiple home runs. I mean, you got you have a game that Mike Ford homers twice for you. It's usually a party. Uh, you know, the Mariners easily take care of the Marlins in this game. And, uh, you know, yes, the big story is check out all the bats. Check out all, you know nine runs on eight hits, um, you know, keeping the strikeouts down to seven in the game. That's the big story, but the big hidden story on the other side of the ball. Look at Kirby, six innings, 10 Ks, and a, a great bounce back after his performance um, in San Diego. Yeah, Kirby was outstanding. Um, like you mentioned, one of his better starts of the year. Um, I, if I had to rank it, I wouldn't say it was the, his best start, but it was damn close. It was awesome. Um, yeah. After his last few starts where he was getting hit around pretty good, it seemed like he expanded the strike zone. I mean, he's a guy that's always in the strike zone. And sometimes as a hitter, as you know, it makes it easier if you know the guys around the plate. And, you know, no matter if it's his off-speed pitches or not, you know. And uh, this, this last game, he was throwing his – uh, curveball and slider off the plate and they were chasing a little bit he was making them expand the zone and that sure helped him out in this game and uh, it looks to me like it was a little adjustment made on his part and he was fantastic and um, you know Mariners got off to an early lead and he held down the fort for him it was great to yeah. see and uh, another positive sign in this game and I mean it's positive it's not positive that the the you know, uh, one, two, three, four, uh, the first four hitters in your lineup do not get any hits. They're combined uh, 0 for 16, and you still score nine runs. Uh, the bottom of the order taking care of business, which has not taken care of any business this season, it feels like, and definitely not in the DH uh, spot. Looks like Mike Ford brought the right kind of sage in and got that going in that DH spot. That's just kind of been like the bad luck spot early on this season. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, two home runs by him. Cal Raleigh with a just an absolute missile to right field. Three runs home run. He what breaks 0 for 21. So that's a good thing. Uh, looks like he's keeping this mustache. Kind of gives me the, those Thurman Munson vibes. I like it. Uh, Caballero, look, base clearing triple. Just one of those feel good games. I know that the Mariners gave up a couple of garbage runs there, but you know, the bullpen just came in and was throwing strikes. 
Yeah, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, the bottom of the order came through for the Mariners, and that has been a very, very weak spot and a spot uh-huh. that is not produced at all. So, I mean, the top of the lineup was over the game, so that was really positive. A few things I saw in the wins, and I'll kind of lump them together, that I thought were key yeah. to victory uh-huh. and things that I've seen. Um, one, the M's have started to uh, um, run a little more. Couple stolen right. bases. You haven't seen that lately. That's key. Getting guys into scoring position, you know, takes a little pressure off where you don't have to hit one in the gap to score a guy. Obviously, uh, you can get a single. That was good to see. I thought the defense played better. And what I mean by that, they were making catches and plays that were, you know, tough plays that they haven't come up with. One tail going into the right center field gap, closing on a ball, making a nice catch running catch few hard hit balls hit to France that he went down and made diving plays and then flipped it over to the pitcher. Those are plays that, you know, either haven't happened or the M's haven't got to the ball. So that was key. Uh, Like you mentioned earlier, the strikeouts were down. Scott service has really harped on that. This, these last two games. And then uh, the last thing for me that I think is key with the Mariners is they hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, you might not think of them yeah. as a home run hitting team, but they're not a team that's, you know, puts a bunch of hits together to um, drive in runs. So that helped them get some big crooked numbers or big numbers throughout a couple of innings. And they um, ran away with the game and game two of the series. Yeah, I heard a comparison of kind of how the Mariners were built uh, by Michael, Michael Bumpus on uh, Seattle Sports that I kind of liked. He said that. You know, the Mariners have equated their offense to a football team. This is a team that kind of waits around for those crooked run innings, kind of like an explosive, you know, uh, play offense that just kind of doesn't really do much all game, but then they can hit that big, long home run ball in football. Uh, I kind of like that comparison. I know that uh, you have a problem with the word explosive, but uh absolutely i wouldn't go that far but that's just me um everything else i could agree with explosive is not the word i would have chosen but yeah you know. they they're they're just not if they were a football team they are not the team that runs a bunch of slants and runs the ball down your throat they're definitely a wait around and hit that big play yeah no doubt and they showed it and that's what yeah. they needed to you know win the first two games of that series and you know, it's probably the first two games that I've seen in a while where they played clean ball. We've always talked about that. We've been frustrated by the runners getting picked off, bad decision-making on going for the extra base, um, you know, all kinds of things that you say and talk about when you don't play a clean game. So yep. very nice mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. It was, uh, game two, like I said, I felt like it was just a carryover from game one, just hitting on all cylinders, good pitching, bullpen just going out there and throwing strikes and not letting them get back in this game at all, not giving up a big inning. Um, But, yeah, so the Mariners were set up here to come into game three. Obviously, they don't get it. Luis Castillo uh, didn't have his best stuff tonight at all. You know, you kind of when you start the game off walking your first two guys, kind of makes things uh, a little bit hard on the pitch count when you, you know, what, throwing 20, what, 25 pitches or so in the first inning. Uh, but still, the guy gives you a chance to win. 
you know, exits the game in the sixth inning with, you know, leaving you down two. And uh, look, the I know that the temperature was a little bit colder in there and there there's the marine layer. But Mariners, you know, in this game, you look at it and go, man, they only got four hits. Um, you know, they they didn't uh, get the walks. I think they had one walk this whole game. I think J.P. Crawford got a walk. Uh, but there's a lot of balls hit to the warning track. There was a big grand slam uh, rejection to pretty much quiet everything down in the ninth. Um, you just saw a lot of you saw a lot of really hard hit balls. But the, I mean, this was a hell of a performance by uh, the Marlins outfield defense. Yeah, it, you can't really say that this game is a complaint or has been like the rest of the season is gone. You can't really say that the M's didn't hit. They did hit. They just didn't get anything yeah. to show for it. I mean, mantra balls to the warning track. You know, I could argue, you know, at least one was an unbelievable catch. The other two were good catches, but, you know, they were fly ball caught, you know, but there was also line drives hit that they tracked down. So, yeah. yeah, they hit the ball hard, but they yes. couldn't find grass and and find that luck. Yeah, and this was a game too where the Mariners overall kept it under 10, 10 strikeouts. They kept it under, you know, Kelnick had three strikeouts, but I'd say at least two of those at bats were he got into bad counts um, due to some terrible umpiring behind the plate. I did see it go the Mariners' way a couple of times on the Marlins and. Uh, their manager let the umpire know. I, I think it's pretty uh, remarkable that, honestly, neither manager, neither coach, neither player, neither trainer, uh, neither interpreter, uh, neither, uh, you know, f- uh, f- player's uh, spouse, <laughs> whatever, did not get kicked out for giving this umpire shit because it was, it was bad all night either way, both, play- both ways. Yeah, absolutely. He was terrible. I mean, he was terrible. Um, in the case of Kelnick with three strikeouts tonight, I mean, it happened to everybody, but I can I can remember at some point during the game, at least two of the at-bats, he had a two balls, one strike count. Then he gets a shitty call on him to make it 2-2. I mean, that just changes the whole yeah. comp that just changes the whole complex of the at-bat from, you know, being a 3-1 count to a 2-2. Um, it, it, it just, it's just, it's devastating, especially to a player like Kenneth Kelnick, who it feels like he's been getting behind in the count lately. So at this point in the game, you know, he's seeing the ball a little bit better, even though he struck out early and you know, from that count to go from three, one to actually two, two, it puts him, you know, in a corner again. So yeah, it's, it's, a it's, it's a massive thing that happens to the game, you know, when you get a bad pitch like that called on he you. had i think he just had an overall uncomfortable night at the plate because even in his first at bat in this game he actually got the pitching violation in his favor but i think he kind of d- couldn't really get himself settled in on that strikeout um uh that was the one where i i believe he was guessing there on uh strike three i think that one was fine the other two were terrible i know he ended up breaking his bat um uh, you know, with the frustration, he did use his timeouts though, uh, you know, to gather himself and stick in there, but you're right. It, we're talking the control in the zone. That's, it's a big, uh, you know, tilt the other way when it, when that's happening to you. 
Yeah, the strikeout pitch, like you mentioned in the first at bat, was a fastball, you know, right in the heart of the plate, and he was fooled. He took it. His next at bat, same situation with two strikes. It looked like he was looking for the fastball, you know, similar to what he got in the first at bat, but the um, but the pitcher was, you know, smart, in my opinion, and threw a changeup. So he pitched him just the opposite. And then his third at, third at bat where he struck out, he got a nice little slider there. It looks like his timing was good, and it looks like he was on it, but he just swung over the top of that. So it was unfortunate that he didn't make contact. But, I mean, a hat trick's a hat trick. Yeah. And oh, as we were mentioning earlier, just the the play in the play in the outfield by uh, the Miami Marlins tonight, it was was unreal. It's just good. Like like yes, like you said, some balls that should be caught were caught, and then there was a couple of remarkable plays. But uh, you know they weren't giving up much out there. Both of these, uh, you know, both of these teams, they can really cover the ground out there in the outfield. But uh, Miami just seems like a step faster out there. Yeah, they looked good. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, talking about the the wins we had, where Teo had that nice catch going in the gap. I mean, tonight, that one that was hit down the line, tough play. To me, it looks like he gave up on it a little bit. But that's the difference between a win and a loss at times, too. Like I mentioned, you know, in those wins, he made that tough catch in the outfield earlier, but this time he didn't come up with it. Um Early on, how they scored their first run. No fall to Caballero. Good, nice ground ball to him. It kind of came up on him, so they weren't able to turn the double play. And then the wild pitch. So those are the type of things, even though it's bad luck, and I can't, can't say it's totally like an error or anything, um, you made those plays in your wins, and that's the, the, you know, the difference between winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Extra so, outs. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. Um, you yeah. can't always, um, you know, assume a double play, but that was kind of tailor-made. Like I mentioned, it came up on him. And I mean, like you said, the catches, that last out was unreal. I mean, the pitch was just off the plate. Suarez, you know, went with it. It looked to me like he didn't get enough barrel. was a little bit off the end, but the outfield was playing deep and the guy played it perfectly. I think it helped that they were playing deep and it was later in the game because he was able to go get back all the way to the wall, set himself up, leap, and make an unbelievable catch to save the game from being tied up. Hell of a play by that guy, Suarez. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, another positive, though, I want to point out from this series. So they, you know, what's this? I mean, you're looking at this, you you know, you have the one hitter that you know kind of got swept under the rug because how great the offense was was looking finally uh they've combined uh what 12 hits 13 hits this entire series for a team that's been uh hitting the ball good a team with uh you know somebody flirting with 400 you also got Soler um De La Cruz um you know you got some good Sanchez I mean these guys have been winning they've been playing good baseball uh, I, I think this was a good series, like a quality series win for the Mariners over a quality team. Yeah, and wrapping up, I mean, all I can really say is we talked about it last pod where the Mariners, we felt, were trending in the right direction. They continue that with playing some of their best two games in a row uh, this whole season. Uh, so things are positive, 
trending still in the right direction, even after a tough loss tonight. So, um, like you said, Chicago's coming in. They have not hit the ball at all this month, but their pitching's been fantastic. Uh, they're just below you a few games under 500, I believe. It's it's another another series where anything other than taking this series is a disappointment, in my opinion. Absolutely. And they're going to be playing the day before in uh, L.A., down here in L.A., so they will be coming in off no rest, not too big of a commute, but the Mariners are coming off a, you know, an off day. Uh, and you got Wu going out there, hopefully, at, you know, adding on what he did, you know, in the second game. He looks pretty good. You know, you know, you know, you run into Otani, you know, things are going to happen. But the Mariners won that game that he started. Uh, we also got Logan Gilbert in this series going, looking for a, a bounce back. Uh, kind of turn this month around and uh, on Sunday it's it's Miller time uh, we also got Pride weekend there at the game we got Pride fireworks on Friday Saturday is the uh, Steelhead jerseys for the Juneteenth celebration and then we got Father's Day they're giving out a uh, a talking um, bottle opener uh, for those dads out there. So, uh, you know, big weekend down here. Yes, and I I agree. Anything but a series loss would be a disappointment. I'd really like to definitely like 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 a sweep. Uh, this part of our rotation uh, is kind of um, not as steady. So that that'll that's going to be something to be checking out. And of course, the we'll see. We'll check on all these strikeouts. Um, but uh, as far as uh, talking about uh, something jumping off from last episode where we said we're in this 25-day, 25-game, um, you know, sandbox that uh, we would like to see an 18-7 and seven or 17-8. and eight. Uh, We are now 2-1. and one. When we get back, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, you know, what other teams that we when we get back well let's talk about uh what teams we should be rooting for this weekend as far as mariners uh are concerned in the wild card or the al west let, let me fix something what they're not a few games under 500 they're 10 games under 500 that's okay that's fucking yeah no that's a diff <laughs> that's big though they they better kick their ass 